with the other hello. Welcome to Spotlight 19. This is Sasha Tracy. Justin Tracy here. And it's been a while since actually before the 2018 November election that we've had a full episode. We've missed you. We've missed doing it. And now we're back. So let's jump in. We're going to have an off-the-cuff conversation about the state of the district. (laughs) Post-election. Sure. And... We're actually partnering with our friends at Indivisible The Fight Is On, which is an Indivisible group based in Dutchess County. They are putting together these wonderful monthly e-blasts to keep all the activists up to date about what's going on. And these newsletters are actually themed every month. Um, This week's, I'm sorry, rather this month's theme is education. So we are going to be talking about Antonio Delgado, our congressman, and how he's incorporated education into his tenure in the House so far. And we're also later going to be talking to a candidate for New Paltz Village trustee, Alexandra Wojcik, who actually also worked on Congressman Delgado's campaign. Right. And um, we still have a lot of work to do, uh, just because... You know, I mean, Trump is obviously not wearing off, but um, uh, Fazo, the uh, remnants of Fazo might be wearing off, but uh, he could very easily run again. We did hear that rumor that John Fazo might be back. If uh, I know a lot of our listeners are are on Twitter and you kind of noticed that he said. He suddenly came back on the scene after, you know, he was probably wallowing in his despair for a little while at his loss. But he's he's back on the scene. He's tweeting. He was on the radio recently. He's on WAMC. I, he was on CNN. So there's definitely something brewing and it's possible that he might run again. And there's a lot of people out there that think that's a great thing, like Antonio won and um, John Fazo couldn't is the perfect opponent it's so easy to beat him but the thing that is really frightening for me is in 2020 you'll have all of these trump supporters that perhaps didn't come out and vote in 2018 so just because we have this amazing congressman now doesn't mean that john or maybe some people are deleting all their john fazzo memes and videos they made don't don't get rid of them quite yet because he might be back what do you think about that justin People who are going to come out for Trump will vote down the party line, and it could be a tight race. We're going to be looking back at Congressman Delgado's first few months in office, uh, and we're going to really, the first image that you you really have in your mind when you're thinking back to um, the, the swearing in, the, the date that every new member of Congress this most diverse class that Congress has ever had, you know, women, people of color in the mix. But the image that you have of Antonio is of him and his sons are there and he's reading to his sons and his niece and he's reading to them and he's in the Bay in the House of Representatives and he's reading to them and it's such a such an emotional image and that's kind of how he kicked off his term with this emphasis on children. That's kind of what Nancy the Speaker Pelosi also did with having all the kids up with her when when she took the oath of office uh, as for her speakership. And Antonio was right there with her with that same imagery of our kids, of education, of reading. Um, 
you know, that's the first first thing that comes to my mind when I think about this. You know, it was amazing that we put in all this work for his campaign and then to see him uh, take the oath and have have children around him and reading. And then there was also the government shutdown, which was probably extremely frustrating. Antonio announced he was going to accept any pay until the shutdown was over. And he posted a picture of Obama, which was awesome. And, <laughs> those, uh, those two things aren't necessary close, necessarily close in time, but... That that was really amazing to see the two of them together, and you you see Antonio's face, and he looks like kind of giddy and in the best possible way of of when you know when you meet your idol. I guess that's how I would look if I um if I met Beyonce. So, what are the things that stand out that he's done since been in office? Well, he had eleven town halls in eleven weeks. He's actually had his twelfth town hall and last last week i think and that was in Hoosick falls uh we were just talking about that before we started the episode that one of the most amazing things that antonio's done is increase this focus and awareness of the pfoa contamination in Hoosick falls um pfoa PFOAS or PFAS, these are these contaminants that are used um, a lot of the time in... Fire retardants that they use in uh, military drills on military bases and it seeps into the groundwater and um, then into drinking water. Yeah. And it's a super carcinogen. I don't know if that's an actual term, but... Antonio was right there on the front lines, you know, saying... No, this, you know, calling the EPA out, you know, we don't have the terrible Scott Pruitt at the helm of the EPA anymore, but we we do have the same type of lobbyists running the organization and it's going to have real harm on humans. And, you know, one of the one of the other things that um, comes to mind when we look at Antonio's you know tenure so far is um, he's also making we talked about the town halls but he makes sure to show up to these smaller community events he was at the cat he was up in Catskill for a hardathon and then he also does these you know little gestures that really make a difference by for example reading to a kindergarten class here in Kingston um he actually played basketball up in Green County for for a charity game and and it's just it's kind of uh, really the polar opposite of John Faso, who was who was so stiff. He didn't seem ever relaxed in his role as congressman. He was always hiding from us. So it's just been a real, real treat to see someone who actually um, shows up, who's comfortable enough to play play a game of basketball. I mean, it does help if that he's in the the Hall of Fame uh, for, for upstate for New York. Hall of Fame. Yeah, and the fact that he just had a short recess vacation in the district with his kids shows that he he lives here. And, and one of the main criticisms of him from Fazo was that he was either living in New Jersey or in New York City. But he he's dedicated to to um, the district, and in order to to understand the needs of your constituents, you have to participate in life up here. 
I mean, it's a grueling schedule to be in the House of Representatives. He's in D.C. Mm-hmm. He comes back here, but he to he had a real working vacation, right? He was he was meeting with constituents, but he was also finding like the best activities to do with with children in the area. And I know we'll be replicating some of those with Ray. Um, I'm especially excited about that vintage train ride that has the old fashioned dining cars. I think it's up in um, Sullivan. Or yeah, Sullivan County that it um, goes out of, but it was just so great to see his family together and also experiencing all these really eclectic uh, experiences here in the Catskills that you can do with your family. We're sitting here. It's the eve of the special election. Polls will open in, I believe, less than ten hours on April thirtieth. If you're somehow listening to this. Um, because you're a super fan and you get Spotlight 19 and you open it up right away. Um, there's, If you know people in Ulster County, give them a call. Make sure they go out to vote. The polls are open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. And hopefully if you're... Um, if you're listening to this a few days later, Pat Ryan has become our county executive. This is a special election. Um, Pat Ryan, of course, was a friend from Spot, a friend, a friend of Spotlight 19. Uh, he was a guest when he ran in the Democratic primary in 2018, back in June. And he's really solidified his positions on local issues and he's brought them to the forefront and uh, he's running uh, the very clear message and, and, and how he's going to help the district uh, with the challenges that we face. Since this episode is about education, um, there are so many students that are really angry about the inaction on climate change and a lot of that uh, movement is in your home continent, or I don't want to get too into the continent or not with what's going on in your home country, but uh, you see these like all these young activists that are staging these protests throughout Europe. What do you think about those activists? I think we're heading for the brink of a major disaster and potentially the end of the world as we know it. And the innocent younger generation think it's more important to do something about it because they're the ones who are going to have to deal with it and um, their children. The younger generations are more forward-thinking and they're less tied to the old world of um, the, way we, the way we've always done things. I mean, there are so many issues for, for kids that older generations don't understand. I think that uh, that kind of dynamic of old versus young is going to be the main driver of not old versus young, but really that old way of thinking versus the new way of thinking is going to be the the kind of the tipping point in the Democratic primary, which is coming up for president in 2020. Um, we are on Spotlight 19 going to invite um I mean, I would love to have some of the candidates on, but we'll see where we get. But we're at least going to have representatives from each of the campaigns. Something a lot of our listeners have asked us to do is um, help them decide in the Democratic primary because it's very difficult. It seems like we're going to end up with a 45-person field by the end of this. But, um, you know, that old versus new, those there's all of um, these old ways of thinking. Joe Biden just entered the race in the past week. And it's it's like, do we want someone who has that centrist appeal, who people feel comfortable with? Or do we want someone who's going to push these new ideas? And I actually just asked um, Alexandra 
Wojcik, who's running for village trustee in New Paltz, um, the same question, but I'm going to ask you, Justin. Um, what do you think about loan forgiveness for everyone? Because I, I was on board with the idea of loan, you know, student debt should be forgiven. But then somebody pointed out, well, then why, what about the people who didn't go to college because they couldn't afford it and didn't take on the debt? And I think it's an interesting, because I think Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and possibly Kamala Harris all have um, plans for student loan forgiveness. I think people should, have, if they want to go back to school, have the opportunity to do so debt-free. I think education should be more available. There was just an article in the Times today about corporate taxes and how, you know, the top 10 corporations in, in America don't pay any corporate taxes. They actually get rebates. So there's plenty of money for education. Sure. And going kind of back to the theme of education, um, the reason we chose this theme uh, with Indivisible, the fight is on, and all of our contributors to the the newsletter, the e-blast, um, is because Betsy DeVos's kind of brutal budget had just been released. Her uh, budget for the Department of Education, it cut um, Special Olympics because that was just a program that was we were spending too much on that. And uh, to the point where the president um, had to walk that back, that, okay, we're not going to make cuts to special the Special Olympics, which is an institution that I think is uh, is is well respected and beloved, even on along you know across party lines. But um, you know, there's so many other types of cuts within the budget that they presented. Um, what did you think about about that? <laughs> you were talking about someone who shouldn't even be running that department. Uh, still running that department and blatantly smiling through her teeth. Right? Because uh, you know Scott Pruitt, Ryan Zinke, so many other department heads have have fallen, but she's somehow she's re- she's definitely reviled. But nobody. She's soulless. I mean, the other thing this budget is doing is pushing. Yeah, they're she's put it, pushing charter schools, mm-hmm. which we know. Um, leave students behind. They don't teach students the right thing. They allow uh, public funding to be given to, um, you know, religious schools. You know, we're going through this anti-vaccine crisis right now. And, you know, you don't want the situation where the federal government is funding schools that are not teaching uh, any science at all. Um, The other thing that her budget is cutting is um, after-school programs, like a Head Start. And that's where... um, you know, people that are living below the poverty line, that's how they're getting child cares through these programs. You know, school hours are, are not conducive to, to working people. If you're working nine to five uh, and school runs from eight to two. Trump's tax cuts actually uh, allowed corporations to pay zero or actually get tax refunds. It's blatantly unfair and it's soulless. It's selfish. And I think that that we need to do something about this. And the way we can do something about this is to get involved in a campaign. Um, This is an off year, as they call it, but it doesn't mean there aren't important 
local races. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are in Dutchess and Ulster County, and um, both of those counties have important contested countywide races for county executive. We mentioned Pat Ryan. He's running in a special election, and then he's running again in November. And in November, he's actually going to be joined on the ballot by Dave Clegg, our friend from uh, Spotlight 19 and the New York 19 primary. And Dave's running for district attorney, and there's all these great races that people get really excited to uh, for the national races and to stick it to Donald Trump. But these smaller races are equally, if not more important, because they're going to be our front lines against Trump. Um, you know, if if Betsy DeVos cuts funding for after school program, well, New York State can step in and make sure there's funding for those people. Ulster County, uh, Pat Ryan, who could be our next county executive, could step in and make sure um, those those residents of Ulster County that need after school programs can still get it. So there are ways to make sure, um, you know, we don't completely fall to pieces. So uh, let's move on now to Sarge's interview with Alex Wojcik, who's running for New Pulse Village Trustee. Today we're talking to Alex Wojcik. She is running for village trustee in the village of New Paltz, and those village elections are on May 7th, one week from today. And by today, I mean April 30th, because that's when we're recording. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to the relaunch of Spotlight 19, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so we'll dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, you and I actually met when you were working on Antonio Delgado's congressional campaign last year. Yeah, definitely. It's been um, it's been quite the year of elections. So um, I've definitely uh, spent most of my life working and fighting in the public interest. Um, so not just like electoral campaigns, but also issue-based campaigns. Um, I earned both my undergrad and my grad degrees in English from SUNY New Paltz in 2007 and 2009 and, you know, went right, you know, a week after graduating, went right into not um, the English realm, but instead um, working on a campaign connecting campus to Congress um, up at Bard on environmental issues. Um, so I guess, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so for years, you know, when fracking was on the table in New York, I was working full-time with New York Public Interest Research Group, NYPIRG, as a project coordinator at SUNY Purchase. And um, I also was the organization's statewide campaign organizer for uh, labeling GMOs. Um, and I was also the outreach director for NYPIRG, so a lot of people know me from knocking on their doors in that way. And then I was... Um, actually assistant to the mayor and deputy clerk in the village of New Paltz with the current board um, as, as they stand. And I did that job for a few years and left in um, when I basically got a call from Dave Clegg's congressional campaign that they need another field organizer. And I was like, yeah, why not? Um, so that's how I actually wound up on Antonio's campaign. And we we did it. We flipped, you know, New York 19. And uh, since then, I, you know, I've been working for the state um, in more of a government role rather than organizing. 
Um, but that gives me lots of time to keep organizing on the side. Um, you know, I'm a co-founder of Slut Pulse, which organizes the March Against Rape Culture um, that comes down Main Street in New Paltz every year. And I also co-founded March on Hudson Valley, which is a proud affiliate of March on, you know, the national organization um, led by women, uh, you know, uh, in kind of at the same time as, you know, the Women's March movement. And uh, also a co-founder of New Paltz Democratic Women. I'm a regular at Climate Action Coalition in New Paltz and New Paltz Food Not Bombs and also hold a seat on my town Democratic Committee. So we're a lot an amazing resume, and it's so perfect for the village of New Paltz. You have the experience. You have the issues that I think people in New Paltz and in the greater New York 19 really care about. You have all that knowledge, so I can't imagine why uh, anyone would cast a vote not for you. I mean, <laughs> Thank well. you. So I hope our New Pulse listeners definitely uh, check out Alex's campaign. And we're actually, um, this episode is kind of education-themed loosely. Uh, you mentioned SUNY New Pulse, and, I mean, it's such an important part to the great, to all of New York 19, but especially the village and the town. I mean, it's an essential part of that. Um, I wanted to ask you, why are public universities uh, so important overall and specifically to the village of New Paltz. We know that, you know, public yeah. education is under attack constantly, not just by this administration, but it's always like kind of the last thing um, to be discussed and to be the, the last system that um, gets some attention because it's not as, you know, uh, as sexy as the other issues, right? Right, which is, which is always, you know, kind of mind-blowing to me uh, because, like education is the great equalizer and it's like the one thing that, you know, most, most people, you know, can, can relate to each other on. Um, and yeah, the, the importance of SUNY, um, to me personally was the sticker price. Um, I am the first person in my, you know, in the Wojcik family, um, to have ever earned a master's degree. And um, I oh, was well, able to congratulations. kind of... Thank you. And, like, I was able to pave the way for my younger siblings. You know, I'm the oldest of four. Um, you know, based on my experiences, you know, taking time to apply to college and getting into SUNY New Paltz and then, you know, taking the time to apply to the graduate program, I basically walked all three of my siblings, like, through the same process. And um, in that way, it's it's helping our family, you know, kind of move forward and pursue our dreams in that way. And that's a very common story. You know, that's, you know, what, what people talk about when they talk about the American dream is, you know, every every generation gain a chance to take a few steps forward. Um, and it's really interesting to think about because when I was in school, like only a decade ago, uh, tuition assistance program here in New York, uh, it covered so much more than it does now. And I definitely don't think I could have gotten my master's degree had I not been awarded TAP as a graduate student, which is no longer actually a thing. And uh, simultaneously with the teaching assistantship that I uh, had been awarded as well. Um, so that's really important. And then the cool thing about living in New Paltz, particularly the village of New Paltz, is that we have like this, you know, college that is a resource for all of us. You know, um, it's it's like we have programming, no matter you know whether or not you're in school. So there's theater to experience. There's always art openings. I love 
uh, just seeing, you know, the different thesis shows and stuff. There's sports, you know, there's, we, as community members, we can even use like the gym, um, get a gym membership, the library. It just goes on and on and on about this great resource and just having the fresh perspective of new classes of students coming into the community and, you know, making this, you know, their home the way I did too. Um, it really keeps things fresh. That's such an interesting take because, you know, we're we're here on the eve, we're actually talking on the eve of the special election with Pat Ryan, and I met Pat back in um, the summer of 2017, and one of the things that in my first interview with him that he mentioned is that across New York 19, which is this huge, huge, huge district, and New Paltz is definitely like one of the more populated areas of it, but um, yeah. in all these rural communities, the, the high school is really the the institution that brings the community to communities together and you know cutting education cutting public education is going to have the most harmful impacts on these rural areas so we really need to elect people like you that keep it um you know at the top of their agenda making sure public education at all levels you know the university level but the universities can also inspire people that are younger the younger students um but I For wanted sure. to ask you, um, you mentioned like all these aid programs. One of the things that's on the table in Betsy DeVos and the administration's budget is um, these cuts to these like national loan uh, forgiveness programs. And then uh, one of the issues in the Democratic primary is should student debt be forgiven? And, you know, I was always a big believer in, yeah, we should, of course, like, forgive this crushing debt burden and then I was reading something recently that was like well what about the people that couldn't even afford to go like what about those people so I was just wondering I just wanted to pick your brain what what you're thinking because it is going to be a big issue to um, get those younger people that younger portion of the democratic uh, electorate fired up for this uh, democratic presidential primary that's coming up next year yeah for sure um so I um just want to throw it out there. I owe $65,000 still in student, uh, federal student loans, um, despite, you know, the aid that I had gotten that was real financially. Wow. Like, yeah. And that's for, you know, going to SUNY New Paltz. Um, and that, that was the, you know, the thing that was most within, you know, my range of possibility. So that's, you know, that's the story that lots of us, you know, deal with every single day. Um, you know, and I did get work study, got a few grants and scholarships and, you know, the fellowships I mentioned, but um, still had to accept federal student loans as aid. So I personally am all for, like, forgiving student debt, like, in any way that we can. Um, it's really hard to even get, like, you know, approved uh, under, you know, previous standards of student debt forgiveness for, you know, public service and, and other, you know, different programs, um, you know, those those are not easy uh, hoops to jump through, really. So I'm really, like, baffled why we would even be considering cutting them and not expanding them. And to be honest, um, I, I really do worry about the younger generation even considering uh, pursuing higher ed- education, um, looking at uh, my, my generation's, you know, uh, experiences with the student debt crisis um you know we we want we want people to be lifted up and and to have the chances that you know our our parents and grandparents um had and 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 dreamed of for us um you know not be deterred by the large sticker stock 
Sure. And, you know, we don't, I think it's going to be the, I think it will be one of the defining issues among the candidates in the in the presidential how they how they think about and how they tackle this issue of student debt because it's like it's something that's going to follow just our age group like for so many many years and it's just yeah. like becomes part of their life that's such a burden and such a negative and prevents them from innovating from starting their own business or doing something more creative because you know they they have to they have to make that monthly payment and the interest balloons. So um, yeah. it's definitely uh, kind of a downer. <laughs> it really is. It. Um, so on to something more uh, exciting. So despite that student debt, you're still doing so much. You're running to serve your community and you're running under uh, these village elections. Something cool is you can actually make up your own party name. So your party name is the DIY party. What's in that name? Uh, Tell us how you came up with it and what it means. Yeah, for sure. So DIY party stands for do it yourself. And um, basically it's, it's a two sided, you know, homage. Uh, So New Paltz has a really vibrant DIY music and art scene and it always has, and I hope that it always will, and that's a big priority, you know, for, for me in this election um, is how can we, you know, support community spaces and support that DIY scene. Um, and it also is a nod to the importance of getting the influence of money out of politics. Um, I'm the only one of the four trustee candidates in this race that is actually running like a zero dollar campaign without a campaign bank account. Um, You know, I figure if I can't run for the most local level of office without, um, you know, raising lots of dollars, then how can I get, you know, money out of politics on the, on the grander scheme? Wow. That's really amazing. A zero dollar campaign, but of course there's that labor of, of the time you're putting in you're putting in time right now talking to me and yeah it is that that's I mean that shows from your resume all those years that you've spent advocating for all these amazing causes um I'm really excited that you're going to be our first interview as we (laughs) relaunch the podcast um I'm I'm so honored that we're going to endorse you Thank you. Um, Because we didn't do we didn't do endorsements during the primary, but now we can uh, get with all these amazing local candidates and just you know kind of act as a springboard for their campaigns, so they can get like so more people can hear about all the good work you're doing. How can people find out more? You're running a zero dollar campaign, so how do people support you? Yeah. So the best way to support me is you know through grassroots efforts. Um, so you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or send me an email at votealexandriawojic at gmail.com and um, I will get you in the loop because we are going to be canvassing pretty much all day this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Election Day, Tuesday, May 7th, and it's all hands on deck. Could you just spell it for, for everyone, your email yeah. address, so they can find you? Vote, so V-O-T-E-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-I-A-W-O-J-C-I-K at gmail.com. 
Oh, perfect. And it will be in the description of the podcast, too. Uh, thank you so you. much for being with us tonight. Um, wish, we're wishing you the best of luck, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again when you're New Pulse Village trustee, Wojcik. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. So that was really interesting to hear from Alex and her zero dollar campaign. It's just a kind of anomaly, really. Yeah, we've interviewed so many people here on Spotlight 19 that it's exciting to hear about a new way of campaigning with not accepting any monetary donations. So that's that's really noble. Very, very cool. And I uh, wish her all the best. She has so much experience. There um, shouldn't be so much money in politics. No, absolutely not. Um, the it money should be in, in Spotlight 19. <laughs> so thanks for listening in to our first podcast of the season. And this just about wraps it up. Our next podcast will be in May. I have a lot of good surprises coming up for our listeners. And uh, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And the handle is at NYSpotlight19. Our website is www.nyspotlight19.com. And you can always shoot us an email nyspotlight19 at gmail.com Until next time, keep the faith.